0: have you on episode 35 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Donald Wine here, your host and co-manager of Stars and Stripes FC, your source for all things about our U.S. national teams, the players that comprise them, and anything else surrounding American soccer. There has been quite a bit of news in American soccer circles over the past week. We record on Thursday, January 14th. There's been some transfer news. There's been a couple of one-time switches. Into our national teams. The NWSL draft took place last night, and we will recap some of the highlights there. And finally, we have Olympic qualifying dates for the United States U 23s. There's no schedule yet, but at least we have dates, which is much further along than where we were last week. And you know what? I think we will start there since that's fresh on the brain. CONCACAF today announced the dates for its Olympic qualifying tournament. It was rescheduled from last March due to COVID. It was about to happen when the COVID pandemic kind of took flight. And it was postponed along with the 2020 Olympics. It will now take place March 18th to 30th in Guadalajara, Mexico, where it was originally set to be. So nothing has changed with regards to the location. Nothing has also changed with regards to the teams. In Group A, we have Mexico, the United States, Costa Rica, and the Dominican Republic. And in Group B, we have Honduras, Canada, El Salvador, and Haiti. Now remember, this draw was back in January of 2020, so nothing has changed there. Nothing has changed about where they will be playing. They will be playing at Estadio Jalisco, which is home of Atlas and Club Universidad de Guadalajara. And they will also be playing at the now-called Estadio Acron, which is the home of Chivas. So... The way this works to bring you up to speed or bring you back up to speed is each group will have a round robin. Mexico, the United States, Costa Rica, and Dominican Republic will play each other once. The top two winners from each group, Group A and B, they move to the semifinals. This is the important match. The two semifinal winners not only qualify for the final of this CONCACAF Olympic qualifying tournament, they also qualify for the Olympics. They get the two berths for CONCACAF in that field that will go to Tokyo this summer. So the United States in a group with Mexico, initially you may think that's a bad draw because Mexico is clearly the favorite in this field. But having them in our group actually makes some sense and gives us an opportunity to advance not only to the semifinal, but advance to the final and thus to the Olympics we won't have to see them again after the group stage until the final. So that means that the United States if they can win, even if they even if they draw or lose to Mexico, they win out the rest of the group, they advance. Then they get past one of Honduras, Canada, El Salvador and Haiti, they're in the Olympics. And this is the main tournament for our U23s. As you know, they are part of January camp this year. They are sharing that camp with the United States men's national team, the dates for each match for this qualifying tournament have not been revealed yet. But certainly we will see from March 18th to 30th if the U23s can get us back to the Olympics for the first time since 2008. So exciting news. We now have dates. We now have our our locations. Now we just need schedules for our men's national team, U23s, to see if they can qualify to go to Tokyo. I want to shift to the transfer window because there have been a few big-time deals involving American players, and there's one that would be a huge move that is rumored to be coming any day now. Uh, I want to start. there. They've been on both the men's side and the women's side, so I'll start on the men's side first. The first one that happened just last week, Mark McKenzie going to Genk in Belgium. Uh, I'm really, really happy for my man Mark. This is a great move for him. He signed a four-and-a-half-year deal with Genk will be there for quite a while, and he can make a nice home there in Belgium. So, Mark, if you're listening, I need a Genk jersey right now with your number. First, we'll get you a number, and then we will get the jersey, but congrats to Mark McKenzie, one uh, of those guys that has really elevated his game over the last year, made the MLS uh, Best 11 this past year with the Philadelphia Union. He was one of the guys who was instrumental in leading the Philadelphia Union to the Supporters' Shield this year throughout a quirky 2020 so uh, congrats again to Mark I'm so so happy for him Uh, and and really I think a lot of fans will, will wish him well as he goes off to Belgium the big the big big transfer is Brian Reynolds but we don't know where he's going yet the latest rumor has it that out of several teams that have been coveting his signature the winner would be Juventus yes Brian Reynolds could be off to Juventus in some point in the next couple of weeks Club Rouge has also tried to get him. Roma has been involved as well. There's been a lot of other teams that have had interest, but it seems like Juventus has won the race to his signature. He would join Weston McKinney uh, as the only two Americans on that fabled club, but he would do it next season. Why? Because Serie A has rules on how many non-EU players you can sign in one year. Weston McKinney is one of them, and they already have signed Arthur as well in that last transfer window. So, Brian Reynolds... Could sign with Juventus, but could not actually join the team until the summer. What were he go in the meantime? He would go to Benevento on loan. And so that is where this thing becomes quirky because Club Bruges can bring him in immediately. Roma can even bring him in immediately. But Juve would have to send him off on loan to Benevento. Benevento is also in Serie A. They are 10th right now. A team that's pretty much right in the middle of the table. But I think at the end... We are going to see Brian Reynolds in Serie A at some point. So it's really incredible news considering that he took over for Reggie Cannon at FC Dallas just last July. And now he has progressed to a point where he himself is securing the largest transfer in FC Dallas' history. And could be going to an even bigger club in Juventus. So Uh, Congrats to him. This is something that is still developing. We will keep you guys abreast when that is finalized. But at this point, there's been so many rumors back and forth. We know Brian Reynolds is headed somewhere by January 31st. We just don't know where. And now we want to switch to the women because the women had two epic transfers in the last couple of days. Kataria Macario, who we will talk about in a little bit as well. She has decided not to go to the NWSL. She is instead going to Olympic Lyonnais on a a two-and-a-half-year deal. This is a big move, a really, really big move, because she is just coming into her own. She really is about to become – destined to become a star for the United States women's national team, and she would have easily been the number one pick in the NWSL draft last night if she had chosen to enter the league, but she didn't. She decided to take – Her ability, take her skill, and test it in Lyon. Now, this is not an indictment on NWSL. Not at all. The NWSL is going to be fine. But it would have been great to have Macario in the league. I think everyone would agree with that. Really, though, going to Lyon is a huge step for her. She's going to take her game to another level. She's going to be playing with some of the best players on earth. Uh, Lyon is arguably the best team on earth. People will debate on who it is, whether it be Leon or one of the teams in the NWSL amongst others. But going to Leon is a really a move where she wants to get playing time. She wants to compete and she wants to win and she wants to bring trophies. So uh, I like that from her and I really wish her the best and she is going to dominate. Now, Abby Dahlkemper was with the North Carolina Courage and now it seems to be on her way to Manchester City to join Roosevelt and Sammy Mewis. That would also be in a two-and-a-half-year deal. Remember this, two-and-a-half years from now is the 2023 Women's World Cup that will be in Australia and New Zealand, so that is why these deals are shaped this way. But Abby dahl Camperton, Manchester City would be her leaving and saying, I want to get playing time. I want to make sure I'm ready for the Olympics. I want to make sure that my I'm going against the best players all the time, week in, week out, competing for trophies, and with – the COVID situation here, we just don't know what the schedule is going to be like for the next year, this season, and maybe even next season. So uh, this is something where Abby Dahlkipper is saying, I want to challenge myself and I want to get take my game to another level to become probably the best defender in the player pool. We still have quite a few that are competing for that. Abby wants to be known as that lady in the in the group. And so now she's going to Man City. It has not been finalized again. Once that is, we will be the first to let you know. But two major women's soccer deals that, especially for the women's national team, will really help our team and really help these players take their games to new heights. So we're going to pause here for a quick break. On the other side, we still have some more news coming in. We have one-time switches. We have the recap of the NWSL draft. And we close on some new things that we have coming to the site in the next couple of weeks. Stick around to find out what those are. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back and we are going to talk about some one-time switches. We had some dual nationals join the red, white, and blue over the past week. One for the men's national team and one for the women's national team. We will start again. Uh, since we were on it, we'll start with the women's national team. And yesterday, Katarina Macario, who we talked about before the break, became eligible to play for the women's national team. She was born in Brazil. Uh, she had not played for the Brazilian national team or any of his youth teams. She becomes the first women's national team player born in another country to become eligible without playing for her native national team. Now she is an American citizen. She became one last month. She is now eligible to play for the women, and we expect to see her next week against Colombia in those two matches on MLK Day and January 22nd. So, again, congrats to her on all her success. She's had a really big week, <laughs> but I really appreciate – that she has committed herself to this team. She is going to be a star uh, destined for great things, and I can't wait to see her on the field for the first time with that U.S. soccer crest on her jersey next week. And then also on the men, we had another one. We had a one-time switch with Andres Pereira. You may remember him. He got called up last month to the men's national team. He was not eligible to play in the match against El Salvador, but we had a nice video that U.S. – Uh, men's national team Twitter released that showed Greg Berhalter giving Pereira the news that his one-time switch with FIFA had been approved and accepted and that he was now an official part of the men's national team so he comes from Colombia and he had played some of his youth ball with Colombia and that is what necessitated the one-time switch so congrats again to Andres Pereira We wish him the best. He's going to be uh, someone that we can rely on, hopefully, uh, especially in this year uh, with the U23s. He's in the U23 camp right now. On the men's national team level, he can be called in for some of these games. We have a lot coming up, as you all know. And Andres Perea can be a part of that situation uh, and really see where he fits when we get our full teams together. So again, congrats to Andres Perea. Congrats to Caterina Macario. Welcome to the Stars and Stripes. You are officially part of the crew and we cannot wait to watch you on the field. I want to turn our attention now to the NWSL draft, which took place last night. It was a virtual draft and we had three players who starred either on the women's national team or at the youth level that were drafted in the first three picks. First off. Emily Fox, who is currently in January camp with the women's national team, she went number one to Racing Louisville, an expansion team that is starting up this year. The second pick in the draft by the Washington Spirit was Trinity Rodman. Trinity Rodman has starred on the youth level. She's bagged a ton of goals for the youth national teams. And now she, after a freshman year where she didn't even get to experienced her season with Washington State she now goes to the Washington Spirit she crosses the country and joins the Spirit uh, and really is going to provide a dynamic uh, attacking ability uh, at that forward spot for the Spirit so uh, congrats to her I'm looking forward to watching her play here in DC uh, when it's safe to do so in person Uh, and then finally number three Sky Blue FC chose Brianna Pinto from UNC also Emily Fox Brianna Pinto both from UNC Pinto has also had caps of the women's national team, and, and it's great to have the draft be so inundated with players who have, fi- have starred on the youth level and even on the women's national team. We all know how tough it is to break through onto that women's national team, so to see uh, some do it at such a young age is terrific. It shows well for the future of the best team on the planet, in my opinion. I want to say this about the NWSO draft, though. It was a fun time on Women's Soccer Twitter. I don't know if you guys caught it, but if you didn't, it's always a fun time. Shout out to all the journalists and writers who were keeping it fun on social media and in the chats and in the blogs. But it was way too long. It was almost five hours long. There was way too many timeouts. Each team got a timeout for each pick. And I swear at one point there were more timeouts than picks. It took over two hours to complete the first round of, of picks. It took almost five hours to complete the whole thing. And this is with the later rounds, the second, third, and fourth round, having fewer time to select a player. Still had a lot of timeouts. The timeouts were the same. They had commercial breaks, even though it was being shown on their Twitch channel. It was it was long. It was very, very long. I, people were making good fun out of it, but it was something where I think the NWSL can tighten that up just a bit. There was no ESPN or or Fox to kind of tighten that up for them and say like, Hey, we got to go to commercial break or we have to end here. Uh, they were able to go as long as they wanted, And they took that and ran with it. All these teams were using up all their time. Uh, and it really uh, made it for at some points dragging out a bit. And it was just, Uh, But it was great, again, to have fun on soccer Twitter. I was on uh, with the AC Valkyries, who is a a group that's coming up with Angel City FC, uh, just hanging out with some friends. And and it was fun to just kind of get the back and forth on all these players and the the knowledge that all these people have on all these players and what these teams are experiencing. So uh, definitely looking forward to the NWSL season coming up. I believe is going to start with the Challenge Cup. We have heard that it's probably going to start sometime in April with the season following after that. We'll get more information on that, obviously, in the coming weeks. But the NWSL draft, congratulations to all the players who were selected. 40 women in total who are starting their professional careers in the NWSL with the 10 teams uh, that are uh, in play this season. And really congrats to them. Looking forward to seeing them all on the field. And before we close out today, I wanted to make note of some cool features that are coming to Stars and Stripes FC. And these features and columns are in response to all of you out there who called for some of these types of articles. Some of you may have noticed that they have debuted this week and we have a few more coming. So some that you may have seen or will see over the coming few weeks, we're going to start an SSFC team of the week. That will be uh, basically our best 11 of the week of, American players who are playing around the world, Major League Soccer and abroad. There's also goal of the week. Uh, I think you saw that this week, Matthew Hoppe. Like, yo, we knew it was going to be him. It was great to start with a guy making his first hat trick uh, for Schalke. SSFC spotlight. This is going to be a new one that just debuted today on American players who are coming into their own, both domestically and abroad. We're not talking about the Christian Polistics and the Tyler Adams and the West McKinney's. We get to talk about them all the time. These are these up and coming players, ones who may have made an impact on a youth team or some who are trying to break through onto the national teams. This is uh, definitely one, if you are interested in these players who are not getting the shine, we're going to try and give them the spotlight, so to speak. Uh, and we also have the midweek mixtape. This is a cool one where it's a recap of all the social media, the cool social media involving our national team players. Reactions to goals, great performances, Weston McKinney dancing and celebrating to Shawka winning, those sort of things. We have some fun players, and we want to highlight the fun aspect of this. We want to make sure that uh, these players are not just highlighted for their on-field performance, but really their personalities because they have great ones, and we want to highlight that here at Stars and Stripes FC. Later on, we're going to bring back our fan posts of the week. So definitely get your fan posts in. We will be looking at them. We're going to be elevating one each weekend to the site for everyone to see. We're hoping to bring you more women's national team content this year, beginning with the two matches this coming week and a lot more. So definitely stay tuned to starsandstripesfc.com. If you have questions, email us, ssfcpodcast at gmail.com. If you're looking for something, hit us up on the site, you know, Comment on the channels. We are there uh, to bring what you guys want. uh, And really, uh, within our bandwidth, within our capacity, we are trying to do as much as we can to bring you all the news surrounding our national teams and the game in America. So we'll keep trying to bring this podcast to you every week too. But for now, that will do it for episode 35 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. A reminder to everyone to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really helps. And, of course, we appreciate it continue to be a part of the community over at stars we will be back on the next show to cover some of the news surrounding our national teams and players but until next week take care